0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Hacking Into Security, your career-related cybersecurity show. I'm your host, Ricky Burke, the InfoSec recruiter. And regularly, we'll be catching up with a variety of guests from CSOs, entrepreneurs, VCs, new people into the industry, and more. Each sharing their story, industry knowledge, and advice on how others can navigate success in their career. So sit back, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, welcome to another episode of Hacking Into Security. Today, we're here with Bobby Stoskov. Bobby is the security manager for Mailchimp. Bobby, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. So, first question to ask everybody, a bit of a simple one, hopefully, but who are you?
1: Well, I'm Bobby. I'm a manager on the security team at Mailchimp, and I've been there about 11 years now.
0: So, Bobby, you've been working in the security industry for some time now, and... To be honest, looking at your LinkedIn profile, I found it really fascinating. So many people in this industry have a different type of journey and security wasn't your first role. You've obviously had other roles and I guess really keen to understand how you helped your own journey. So your first role at MailChimp, you were the customer support agent. No offense, but how on earth does someone go from customer support agent to security manager for a company like MailChimp?
1: That's a great question. I started as a support agent for MailChimp and was just there to kind of help out our support team and help out the users and really get through everything to get them answers to all the problems they were having. And during that time, our CEO would always like Send this like update on things going around, and, and just in the in general, with companies happening in the world. And I recall one time that he was sending out an email to the company about a couple of various breaches that had happened to companies, and one of them in particular was a company that had been breached because of password reuse, and the person was had reused their password for various sites. And then they got through and were able to take that password and reason and other things. And so they were able to get through and find different areas of the company that they could get into and get information from. And he was sharing that information with us. And we were like, wow, that's crazy. Can't believe that kind of stuff happens. And we didn't want something like that to happen to a MailChimp user. Like, we couldn't like think about how do we want to handle what we had to think about it, but we wanted to think about how do we handle a company that gets breached and from a poor password and they reuse that password in various places, including their MailChimp account. And we wanted to make sure that we just were protected from that kind of stuff. So we were looking at password policies that we have, and at the time, we had I don't really think we had much of a password policy in the early days. And we quickly changed that to be a little bit stronger password policies for MailChimp itself. And that just really like caught my ear of like, wow, this kind of stuff is real. This can happen. And it just kind of got me on this path to be like, I want to protect this company. I want to protect our users. And I really want to get through this to make sure that we can protect ourselves and our users as best as possible. And so I you know pushed for hoping that we could get those password policies changed. I wanted to make sure that internally that we were using random, unique passwords throughout the company for anything that our employees might be accessing company data on and not reusing passwords. And so I wanted to just kind of make sure that we could lock everything down and be protected. So I just fought for that kind of stuff, you know, worked with, I think, originally, I guess it was originally our first internal IT person on how do we do this for employees? Like, how do we lock down machines? How can we do all this stuff? And then we worked with engineers on internal tooling and making sure that things were closed and locked off. We, even at one point in our early days, to protect our network while nobody was in the office, we literally unplugged the internet from the wall to make sure that nothing <laughs> could get accessed on our internal network. So,
0: out of um, interest, so was this when you were working as the, the customer support agent, or had you progressed since then?
1: This was still while uh, I was a support agent. Well, I was a support agent for... About nine months and then I was moved up into a manager role on the support team and that's when all this was happening was as I was a manager on the support team, I was looking to see how we could better protect these things and so the time went on and our COO at the time had talked to my manager about the fact that we were growing so quickly and we really needed a security team. So they thought I would be a great candidate for that. And they approached me and said, Hey, you've done this security stuff for the company as is specifically the support, but also just some internal things. How would you like to kick off a security team for the company? And there was no question at that time.
0: What an opportunity.
1: Right. It was very exciting. And I like, Immediately, it was like, yes, I would love to do this. I had no idea this could be a career of any sorts at the time. <laughs> and I had got this opportunity, and then I got to really dig into what it looked like to be a security professional and solve, like the endless options that you can have and doing all this good work for anybody, really.
0: So had you had much exposure to IT before that?
1: I had a little bit. I had worked... Doing backhouse stuff at Apple with the Genius team. So I had a little bit of like hardware experience there and a little bit of troubleshooting on like operating systems and some software. But like when it comes down to like IT sysadmin type work, I really hadn't had much experience at that time.
0: Okay. So you, you got into your role as the first security person? Yes. Wow. No pressure there then. Yeah, none at all. <laughs> So, so what happened after that? Uh, after that, I
1: uh, was pretty much handed like all of the information over that our CEO and our CEO had at the time around security. We had already been hiring some third parties to help us with security. And so I got their contact information I got to talk with them and understand what kind of work they had already done, what kind of work they want to do just various things that they had found that we could do to help us improve our security posture and continue those relationships to to grow. But at the same time, I wanted to to find other ways that we could protect and not just, like, solely have two contractors uh, that I didn't really have any experience with at the time of, like, knowing if they were the best, the worst, in the middle. I wanted to kind of make sure that I was getting a variety of options because I just had this instinct to believe that like if somebody's looking at something all day, every day, they're going to get into a routine and not really see something new. So I wanted new eyes on things so we could really look for what's getting overlooked all the time.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So was that as the analyst or, or was that then becoming the lead?
1: That was as the analyst. It was just still just me at the time, so it was just kind of... Just a general job description. You know, we were just kind of going through of like how what can I do to help protect the application? What can I do to help protect our employees? I had to help out with some of our physical security to make sure that we were unable to bypass motion sensors on doors that people could potentially be walking by from the inside and unlocking for people waiting on the outside. Just all sorts of things that I could help find and add to A whole lot of reading and research early on to really understand what i just jumped into
0: yeah talk about learning on the job right (laughs) it was definitely an experience okay and then how did your skills grow from i guess being the analyst to then becoming an actual lead and and starting to lead people and i guess the environment's
1: it kind of just grew if I mean it felt like it was pretty organic happening it was like I just knew what needed to get done and wanted to make sure that it got done, you know, and as if it if it hasn't been clear, like going from a support agent to support manager into the security role, I have not been professionally a engineer. So this was kind of coming into engineering without knowing how to. I, I had learned some basics of coding, but I was in no way an actual engineer. So even when we found these vulnerabilities through third parties, I needed the help to get those things fixed. And I worked closely with our engineering team over the time to be like, hey, you know, this is a vulnerability, here's why, here's what this can actually do. And they, they'd be like, oh, wow, yeah, let's get that fixed. And as we were growing and just things were happening, we wanted to build more features. And that was when I really realized like, I can't lay, take the time away from all these engineers that are working on building our product up, That I needed the help to develop processes and frameworks to help us build security in from the start. And that's when I realized we really needed a team. So during this time, I had just grown to help identify various areas that we could have improvements on. And then really when I became the lead was when I first hired my first engineer and that was quickly followed by a second engineer about a month later. And then a few months after that, we hired our first pen tester.
0: Nice. Okay. So in terms of, I guess, team size now, how big is that the, in terms of security at MailChimp?
1: The team now is probably about 15 people or so. We've grown from, as I mentioned, we had those two engineers that I first hired and a pen tester. That was about five years ago. We currently have a pen testing team of wow. four people. We have, and we have in total two different focuses of engineering, but we have about six, I believe, engineers there, and then we have some managers on the team as well. So it's really been growing.
0: Time for a quick break. I'm Ricky Burke. In my full-time role, I'm the founder and director of CyberSec People, a leading cybersecurity recruitment company where we support organizations across the US and APAC in hiring cybersecurity talent. Through our connections and reach into the security community, our deep industry knowledge, we save organizations time when hiring. We have a 98% success rate and a three-year track record that demonstrates we only have to send, on average, two applicants to find success. If your organization is hiring, reach out as we'd love to discuss what that means for you. In the meantime, Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Wow, that's amazing considering I guess you were first in and so the amount of changes and, and yeah, wow. <laughs> Out of interest, what what would have, I guess been the, the biggest challenges that you've seen in your time going through that journey?
1: That I've seen have just been such a fast growing company and trying to keep up with what we're what we're releasing, what we're Putting out there, we've grown outside of just email marketing to just an entire marketing platform. And so trying to keep up with... We don't just have to worry about people's emails that they're sending out and the lists they're sending to. They now have entire audiences that they're sending to and they're doing landing pages and email and e-commerce. And it's just... Keeping up with that has been a challenge from from a security perspective and kind of letting go of the thought of, not wanting to release anything that could be potentially vulnerable and letting us understand that we can we can let some stuff go that's low risk and it's all right and we will get those patched. But we cannot stop production because of a very small security issue.
0: Is that a mindset that you've had to change yourself out of interest over, over time?
1: yeah it is. I you know early on, very naive, just I want hundred percent security like this would be great. I would love this. I had always I had had the the hope and the dread of hiring a third party to do a pen test for us that it would come back with no findings. <laughs> it, would, with it would be a win for me to be like, yes, I can't believe it. we did it. We're totally secure for now until the next thing is released. but at the same time, I would question how in-depth that that company, would that vendor, would have looked into our application to believe yeah. that they actually looked in because there's bound to be something because, as I've learned over the years, nobody can be 100% secure.
0: Also, if they came back with no findings, how, how deep did they go? It varied. There were some
1: that felt like they were probably very, just like very high level they really didn't i didn't feel like some of them went as deep as they could but we've had we've had some that we've hired that you know they are determined to find something and they will find something and they will just keep going and that's been great to see assuming that there's no disruption like that kind of stuff is great to see uh, because we definitely do not want to in that way just disrupt all the other teams in the company that are trying to work on something because somebody really wanted to find vulnerability
0: It's a fine balance.
1: Yeah. So, and we've grown over the years to really understand that communication is very important, and we've developed new ways of working with our parties to help those communications stay in real time and not just kick off a call, wait two weeks, and then here's the report. So that's been a great experience.
0: Traditionally, security has, for some areas, been the department that just says no. Whereas these days, a lot of companies have the attitude it's about managing the risk, and you've got to let some things fly because people need to build and ship products. How was that journey for you in terms of that communication, working with the business or engineers in doing so?
1: That one's been kind of close to my heart for a while. I have two sides of it. One of, you know, as you say, like security is kind of known as this department that says no, and I hate that. I want to say, not this but let's find other solutions and so i want i really have been determined to make sure that we are a team that is welcoming to people and make sure that people can come to us and they can ask us a question knowing that they might hear no but knowing that they'll also hear an alternative solution or our life if I follow up to like okay well let's meet some more on this and collaborate and really get to a let's find a, a solution that we're both happy with. So that has always been something that I've really wanted, and I feel like we've really succeeded at that. I do understand that we have had to say no on some things from time to time, and some like depending on what it is, like we get those wins from a security perspective uh, we were able to fight for a thing and say, sorry, we can't do this, there is no solution, but we've also had to lose those battles from time to time and say, okay, well, the risk is low enough that we, we can be, we can live with this. So those kind of things have balanced. And so it's, it's definitely been a challenge over the time as we've grown more and more features getting released. We've really had to find ways to, to make sure that things work. And if we, don't get included on something. We want to make sure that we do find out about them as soon as we can, make sure it gets reviewing, and make sure that we are okay with whatever stuff goes out.
0: It's interesting balance. see everybody's got their own perspective, and everybody's trying to do their best for the business. So, yes, yeah, I guess an ongoing challenge, battle, however people want to phrase it. But I guess the key thing is is that communication.
1: Yeah, it's definitely been something that I've wanted us to be doing over the years. And we've gotten, like, incredibly, as, like, the, the, the team that we've hired is great about this. Like, I cannot say enough good things about them. And they are constantly, like, talking with people about anything going on, anything that we're concerned about, addressing those concerns and bringing those concerns back to the team and making sure that we can all collaborate on those things to really understand what, what kind of risk we're putting out there, if, if any.
0: Makes sense. So in the past, obviously you've you've helped grow in a team. You've hired people. So you've you've gone full circle of obviously joining the, the business non-security, growing in the company and then hiring people in the security team itself. As a hiring manager, what do you look for in a resume out of interest?
1: In a resume, I I try to look for like, I mean, at first glance it's gonna be like what does this resume like look like is it four five pages plus you know no margins full of text i'm not going to be excited about something like that i can kind of keep short and concise one to two pages looks clean those are the kind of things that are going to grab my eye and then once i start doing that i look through and it's going to be what kind of experience do you have and it doesn't necessarily have to be security experience if, depending on the level that we're that we're hiring for and the, the role, even you know what kind of work has this person done? Have they you know had had a role that shows that it takes a lot of patience and a lot of like just working slowly with people that shows me that they are not going to get frustrated and I'm, like within two minutes and throw up their arms and tell somebody to, to just go away. Like that nice. tells me that they have that.
0: Like, like someone who's worked Sorry. as a customer support agent.
1: Right. Like somebody who's worked as a customer support agent. You know, I help advocate for somebody to go from uh, bartending into customer support because I was like, I've seen this person deal with disruptive customers and watch them keep their cool and get through something. And I'm like, that applies to customer support, like, hands down. So, like, this is a great opportunity. And, like, those kind of things work out. Like you can just see the work people have done and like what it takes to go into a different job than what you're hiring for that can still be applied. If we're hiring for senior level engineer, yes, I want to see some at the very least engineering experience, but that's another thing that I've always kind of, I've, I've really pushed for as the team has grown is we need some help. There's limited people in the end, like, we, we get to this at least a few years ago. It's like we're, we're limited to where we can hire because at the time we were only hiring in our headquarters in Atlanta. We not have offices in other cities. So like we're really limited on who we can hire here. I don't care if they don't have security experience. If they're an engineer and they're a solid engineer, like, great. We can teach them security um, that has been something that I've continued to live by with most of our roles. It's like, if they can do the non-security part of this job, then we can teach them the rest. And we have had very good luck with
0: that. That's great. It's that's, that's really nice to hear, to be honest. And so that's some good things, I guess. In terms of applicants, I'm sure you've seen all sorts of interesting situations, positive and, well negative or right. people that stand out maybe for the wrong reasons. I guess what would be some advice for those out there in terms of yeah, good and bad applications or any interesting stories you've had so far? I mean, some
1: advice I would give people is to make sure that those resumes are clean, not too long. Make sure that you don't necessarily like dump all of your, your experience all onto paper or leave something for, the company you're applying for to get interested by, like catch their eye, be like, oh, this sounds interesting. I want more. Leave that there for people because that way they will, when you get that callback, you can then tell your story of all this, you know, cover letters. That's a very important thing to me. I want to know what you're looking for, why you want to work here. And don't, don't have it be a generic cover letter that you've had, that you're sending to everybody or even, slightly customizing it of, you know, finding and replacing the company name, um, <laughs> you know, make it unique. Make me know that you have looked into the company that you're applying for, that you know something, have a little fun. Like I want to see that you are a human. I want to see that you are not just here to like, give me the facts of your job. Like, do you have a personality? Cause that's going to be very important because our team has, like become one of like the most appreciated teams in the company. And awesome. like it's great to see that people love talking to us. And that's what I want is somebody who's going to come in and like, I know that they're a human and they know how to have like a little bit of fun, but balancing that with their professional work.
0: And uh, out of interest, I guess, 10, 12 years ago, you mentioned that the path maybe was a bit different. Security definitely isn't the industry. It is now as it was back then. So there are a lot more people that want to get into this space. So knowing what you know now, let's say you're advising Bobby from 10 years ago, I guess what steps would you recommend to anyone else maybe wanting to get into this industry?
1: I mean, there's the start of don't get overwhelmed, especially these days feel like security has grown immensely, even from, When I first got into the industry, we're seeing so many new areas of focus. Uh, We're seeing, you know, data science is like a new one that people are starting to think about and protect and data science and physical and social engineering. Like, you don't have to know everything. So don't let that get you down. If you can, find a focus that you really like, learn about it, apply for jobs get some feedback on those if you're not getting hired talk to people like there's a huge amount of information out there and people that are willing to talk to people and help out just get some advice from from anybody you can that's doing something that you really respect and also know that like while there's while you don't want to get focused on one specific area of security these areas do overlap because you learn testing doesn't mean you can't change that to just be a general security engineer like there's going to be some overlap and just always keep learning because it's going to really help you in the long run
0: that's great bobby thank you for your time what a journey and it's it's i think it's awesome especially just the fact that a lot of that is or much of it is just down to your personal interests, and and i guess doing that extra few steps that maybe other people around you weren't doing and taking that interest in security and building on that i'm guessing if you hadn't done that you wouldn't be where you are today that's true cool Well, well thank you for sharing your journey and appreciate your time
1: oh no thank you i've really enjoyed it
0: Thanks for listening. And if you've got any questions, comments, please reach out to me. You'll find me online anywhere, CyberSecRicky. And if you would like to be involved in the future, maybe be a guest, uh, then reach out as well. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. Bye.